All right. Welcome to our second show of F- Freedom Speak. I think I did. F- we did forget to say that the first time around. Welcome to Freedom Speak. It's Eric and Brian. <laughs> His voice is getting deeper. <laughs> I wanted to call this. I, I wanted to call our second show. I guess I, I, we didn't even name our first show, but uh, this one I'm going to call it. Uh, Welcome to Civil Discourse, and it's part of our description of the show. And really, <laughs> we wanted to lay out, I, I, I don't want to say disclaimers, right? But we wanted to lay out a few things first. Disclaimers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're calling them. Please don't sue us. <laughs> please, don't, please don't hate us. Please don't hate us. But I'm, I'm always open up. I'm always open to a good discussion. And, and that's why that civil discourse, I always think that it's important for us to know and hear uh, different sides of the story than just what we are thinking of or just what we um, were brought up with. And so it's just important to have those open channels, those open lines of communication. And that's really what this is for us. Um, it, it's, you know, two brothers getting together speaking. But eventually, God willing, we, we do want to open this up, this platform up and invite more people in to, to have this discussion with us. Of course, right now we're still... Um, and our COVID-19 restrictions for certain uh, gatherings. So it is just the two of us. We are socially distanced and while we're recording. But eventually, we would like to open it up to have that civil discourse with other people that might not have the exact same point of view that we have, but have something similar or completely and totally different on the same topic. But we're always open to that. I I never want to be labeled as someone who's not going to give the opportunity to someone to voice their opinion or voice their I believe we have common ground with everybody we can we can find common common ground with absolutely everybody. Uh, I, don't, I don't care if you have a totally different view of reality than us or myself or even between Eric and myself um, we line up our views it's actually pretty pretty close so we're kind of one-sided here today um, every, so, every and, day and that's, and that's what we, that's, that's why we talked about the disclaimer in the beginning it's like um, there's nobody here to refute <laughs> what we're saying, or, or to break in and say, "Hey, that's that's total, you know, nonsense." Um, these, so that's these, that's why we said that. Like, it's kind of half joking, um, but we understand that we are both coming from the same side of the spectrum, um, and it's basically the middle of the spectrum uh, that leans a little to the right, but yeah. ma- mainly up the middle. Um, you know, we're we're more of a a dive, you know, straight up straight up the middle type of crew. Um, we we may not. Um, disagree with uh, a lot of, let's say, what the president's viewpoints are, but we might disagree with the way he conducts himself. Um, so we can agree on the fact that, yeah, we we all have people in our lives that we love. We may not exactly love the way they conduct themselves. Yeah, like I would, I would love if he would put his phone down and stop tweeting so much. I think that's uh, everybody in America. I think that's like a 90%. <laughs> I, think there's a com- I think that's common ground. Yeah. So, okay. We, we were wrestling and struggling with the issue of, of what to talk about on this uh, particular podcast. And I said, let's go for it. Let's, let's talk about... And it doesn't necessarily have to be hot-button issues or anything from today. It's going to be hot-button issues, bro. <laughs> we, we could. <laughs> but again, like I said, this is, this is our, 
our introduction still almost to this. Um, I've always wanted to do podcasts, and so this is just something that that we're we said, you know, let's do it. But so we're we're going to just talk about. Um, I was wrestling with the term hypocrisy, and and I guess let me preface it with. Whenever I, I have discussions with individuals, whoever it may be, and they say, let's talk about, because you know that age-old adage that you never talk about religion and you never talk about politics when you're you know, out in public or with you know, new people or mingling, whatever it is, right? And so when people want to talk about politics. Yeah, let's just keep it surface. How's the weather? Yeah. What's the difference between weather and climate. climate. <laughs> well, that's another topic. Sorry, we're both teachers. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> I do world geo and he does science and Analytical, and analytical analy- stuff. Yeah. I, I do social sciences. Sorry. So, 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 so right there, we're all, there is a little difference in our <laughs> viewpoint. Right? I'm a little more analytical. He's a little more looking at the gray areas and how they all blend together. Mm, factually based. But yeah, true. Sure. So... The question that I always ask somebody, they say, let's talk about politics. I said, okay, cool. As long as we don't, um, you know, have a knock them up, drag them out kind of dogfight about it. Let's, let's talk about politics. But there is always one question that I would always like to ask to uh, any individual that wanted to start talking about politics to me. And, and, and although I know we talked about this and now you cannot do it in Texas from my understanding, right? But my question to initiate the conversation was always, have you ever voted straight party ticket in any election? And for those of you that might not know what that is, that is if you ever go in to vote, at the top of a ballot, there used to be a little bubble that you could fill in for just Democrat or a little bubble for Republican. And in some cases, a a third bubble for um, whatever outside party, it could be libertarian, Third third party, you know. And so you could, instead of uh, taking your time and voting for each individual office that, that is running for, you know, whatever, you would l- literally just circle one or fill in one little bubble and vote straight party ticket Democrat or straight party ticket Republican. And so I would always ask that question. And if they ever answered yes, then that right then and there was my cue that I really didn't want to get into the political realm of discussions with them. Because even, even with my beliefs and my, my core beliefs, I mean, this, this is coming from inside, I myself have never voted straight party ticket. I, I never have. I've voted for Republicans for some offices. I voted for Democrats for other offices. Um, it's just, it's who I am. It's, it was me voting for the individual and where that individual stood on certain topics or certain... And I think part of that comes from the fact that we grew up here in Brownsville, Texas. It's the southern tip of Texas. So I don't want to say we're a socialist city, um, but we are labeled um, by the nation as the lowest socioeconomic city in the nation. We're yeah, like we're, number one. We're the poorest of the, the nation. Yeah. Well, I don't like the word poorest. That, know, that's that's, a, that sounds like a mindset. But that's the word that they use. I'm not going to use that word. Brownsville's not poor. Low we, we are rich in a lot of things. Um, socioeconomics and you know financial means, yes. But we know how to make it stretch a lot further too. So cost of living and some other factors that they're not counting, I don't think they're as poor as we think we are considering... We need to stay on those rails 
<laughs> bring in the reins. I'm br- bring in the reins. But um, there, there is a certain mindset that that we have down here, and and trying to break away from it sometimes is very very hard. And so yes, we are labeled. I mean, just you can Google it in in and look in any one of these. Um, Studies they've done, we are very low in the totem pole as far as our socioeconomic status, okay? And then uh, secondly, we're also very low in our education level because I think the quantifiable factor they use for um, educated, and I'm, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm holding up my fingers for air quotes, <laughs> is uh, I believe like a four-year degree from university. Right, that, that's how they qualify education. Yeah. Which, which, which again, I have a problem with, but... That's a whole other topic that yes, I would love I to get into about uh, college. <laughs> And university studies. Education comes in a lot of ways, but yeah, but yeah, that's that's the the, the that marker right that they're going to use for um, how educated a city is or, or a region or whatever. And ours is unfortunately very low. I don't have the number right in front of me, but it is low. And there's there's a whole lot of different reasons for that. But anyway, um, so we do have this idea that Brownsville and and I'll go you know, even further, kind of southern Texas, you know, the, yeah, the, the Rio Grande Valley, which is kind of where we live. There's the idea that we are all staunch Democrats and always vote blue. And I think because that idea coming from our, our previous generations, like maybe like my parents' age and your parents' age, right. that the Democrats were for the common man. They were for the, they were for the little guy. They were for... That's that's how it was sold. That's yeah. how it was sold. Yeah. And, and I don't want to get down. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole in FDR and you know social destruction of family values. Well, no, 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 no. That's not <laughs> <laughs> pump the brakes. Right. I, I don't want to go down that that uh, <laughs> that route yet. But I think the to the point you were trying to make earlier was that we are fighting this idea that's been ingrained in our our people, our society down here, our our community that. We can only vote one way, realistically. I don't know about you, but I've yeah. I've been told several times that how how can you be Mexican? Because that's the term they use. I don't, I don't consider myself Mexican. Neither do I, I. I am an I, American. I've heard the same thing to my face. Yeah. I'm an American of Hispanic descent. I have no problem celebrating yeah. my roots, my I'm cultural okay with, roots. Yeah, I'm okay with saying that too. And I, and I love our festival time in February. Yes, you know? we have a we have a local festival here called Charo Days where uh, we celebrate the cultural. Not not just the differences, but the way the the, the culture intermingles here down in Brownsville with uh, being literally sister cities with Matamoros, Tamaulipas, which is in northern Mexico, um, our sister city. And um, that's one thing I do teach to some of my social studies classes is that right here where we're at, this little this little um, area that we're in, this this neck of the woods, I, I say it's a it's a so unique that we have um, a United States culture a Mexican culture, and then a Texan culture that we kind of all mix into one. And it's it's very unique to us down here in this region. We, we definitely have our own little cultural region that makes us unique. And I do say, <laughs> actually going back to how I refer to myself, more so than anything else, I refer to myself as Texan first before I even say I'm American. That's a, that's a whole Texan a issue. Texas thing. Yeah. But again... It's just fighting this, I guess, ideology that we've grown up with. I mean, because I've, I've been asked so many times, how can you be Mexican, they say, right? But how can you be Hispanic and vote? 
for anybody for anybody that's not a Democrat, right? Yeah, for anybody. And and I think trying to break down those barriers or those thoughts is has been one of the more difficult things I think in in the political realm or, or that global you know thing that we're trying to work against here. And, and so that was my other point that I said, where do I find myself on the political spectrum? I think we kind of already touched on that too, though, is, yeah, I, I sometimes use that word um, or label myself as a conservative, but I'm, I'm a moderate. I'm definitely middle of the road. Because I would, I would love to say I'm, I'm super moderate, but I probably, probably lean a little more to the right than right up the middle. You know, I, I probably lean a little more to the right. And it's only because... Growing up here in South Texas, I mean, we are a very conservative community. Hispanics are conservative. Family, family values. Family values, a traditional family structure, um, pro-God. Um, we, we, we enjoy that, that collection of freedoms that's given to us, and we don't want to give up any freedoms. Um, business-oriented, adventurous, um, entrepreneurs. I mean, Hispanics are the fastest-growing group in the United States in general. The fastest-growing minority group, yeah. Right, minority group. Okay, And probably going to hit the majority at some point because it's fast-growing. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't don't have a computer here in front of me, but I want to say like by the year like 2035, something like that, we're we're not going to be a minority anymore, basically. Right, right. but back to that point, yeah, I, I, I am a moderate conservative, and that is slightly right of center, but definitely much closer to center than, I mean, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't like these labels. Yeah, that we that's kind of like, the, you know, the, I don't want to say. I feel like playing, like, I want to explain it like I do with my, to my team in football. All right, you can, you can sweep to the right and you can sweep to the left. It's a little risky. <laughs> you know, I, I like to dive right down the middle. Give me a blast. Well, give, give me something up the gut. You know, I've always said it's it's funny inch by inch, make it a cinch. You know, if you go too far right, you come out you come out in the left, and then if you go too far left, <laughs> you come of, out. You're out of the bounds right. either way, man. You're <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I hate labels as far as um, alt right. You know, it's just not it's not what I'm oh, about. And so, it, it is again a unique area that we live in. We are very family oriented, family driven. And, and we, we are, in and of ourselves, our own cultural region down here. And so it is hard to fight those stereotypes that we've kind of been painted into. You know, I mean, literally painted into a corner sometimes with those things. And so it is, it is tough when we have to say, or, I mean, even try to justify or explain ourselves in certain ways. It's just, it's not, um, it's not easy and it's not I, fun. I would like to call out. There's a lot of silent majority here. They're not going to say out loud if they do vote one way or the other. They're not going to say they're voting to the to the Republican side. If they vote Republican, it is a very quiet vote. Yeah. And on that point, I I have written down here too that we're we're not 100% uh Trump supporters. I'm, yeah, like, I don't think I've ever called myself that. No, I've I've never been a hundred percent Trump. There are some good things that he does, and I got to give him credit for that stuff. And there are uh, a lot, a lot of yeah, dumb things he says. Yes, the things he says, not not the policies per se, 
most of those I agree with. I, I, I don't want to, I can't talk off the top of my head. Is there anything I can disagree with? I'm not sure. But the constant, just the little, pe- the pettiness, the pettiness of it. But then again, it's something that was kind of thrust upon America. We were kind of stuck in a rock in a hard place, I believe. A lot of the voting uh, and why I think, I mean, personally, why he became president um, was not just because everybody loved Trump. Um, I think it was more of an anti-disestablishment vote. Um, they were tired of, of just the same hypocrisy, and that's touching back at the center of, of what we were trying to talk about, is there's a lot of just basic government big party stuff that's yeah. going on, and, and people are just tired of it. And that's hilarious. <laughs> Why did I say hilarious? That It's funny that you say that because I was having this exact conversation with a nun as a matter of fact, yesterday we were talking politics, and I said, "Let's go, sister. You want to talk about politics? Let's do this. Bring, bring her on, right? We should. We should. <laughs> she would totally. She would totally do this. But so we um, we were talking about this, and I said, "You know what? That's that's exactly where I find myself." I said, "You know what? I distrust politicians. Period. I don't care if they're blue. I don't care if they're red. I just don't trust politicians anymore. I especially don't trust a politician that's been, uh, you know, a sitting member of Congress for thirty. 40 years or whatever, and they're still there. Pussy. <coughs> sure. <laughs> my, my point being, it doesn't matter. Again, I don't care what side of the aisle they're on or what color it is or if they have a, a, you know, a capital D or a capital R next to their name. I really just do not trust politicians because honestly and truthfully, I feel once they've been there at the federal level and once they've been there so long, they don't really remember what their constituents want or need or voted them for in the first place. Um, I had a friend of mine who shall remain nameless. And he uh, actually used to work for, I will also not name the Congress, uh, member of Congress that he used to work for. And he said, it's it's all a joke, Eric. It's a big show. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, behind closed doors. They're all feeding each other pancakes. Yeah, they're all best friends. Yeah. You know, uh, and again, I'll throw names because this is what he was telling me. He was Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Ted Cruz, you know, uh, all, all these big named, you know, Democrats, Republicans, he goes, they're best friends or they're eating their steak and their lobster behind closed doors. And as soon as those doors open and the media cameras are there, then they put those ugly faces on again and start, you know, rah, rah, it's rah, a wrestling rah, rah. match. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm telling you, I just distrust politicians. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I think happened with the 2016 election. Yeah. You had the, you had the, you know, person who's I mean, coming I in. systematically, from my perspective, I systematically saw Rubio go down. Marco. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ted Cruz got knocked down. Jeb Bush. Bush got knocked down. They went after all of the middle of the road guys and left DT alone, assuming that he would be an easy target to destroy for the primary, I mean, for the for the final Gen- show, general right, election. for the general election, and it kind of blew up in their face. Yeah, yeah. I was, and I still, I mean, this is what like four years ago now. I was very surprised that out of a field of, and again, I, I don't know the exact number, but I want to say it was like sixteen. At some point, yeah, sixteen. There was a lot. Had like thrown their name in the ring for the um, Republican nomination back in twenty sixteen. And yeah, all the all the middle of the road, you know, um, candidates. Yeah, I still say middle of the road, but there were there were big names. 
Yes. They got just just obliterated. And and it was one of those things I, I know like Jeb Bush, you know, people really thought he was gonna try to try to make some headway and and, and for me it was like, oh, you know, I loved Daddy Bush, right? H. And then I I, I mean that was me. I was a child when it was him, but I just love that. kind of threw me off a little bit. Well, do you remember that? No new taxes. Yeah. And then what happened? The new taxes, right? Well, now we're getting promised definitely new taxes. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other issue, right? But uh, W, you know, and then all of a sudden Jeb wants to run. I said, what is this, like a, a family dynasty? What are we having? This is not, you yeah, know. getting back to the aristocrats. Exactly. And so I think, again, DT ended up being the anti-establishment candidate that we didn't want a queen after the king. Exactly. And well, that was exactly what happened in the general election. And so again, it's not necessarily that that I am a hundred percent backing him or or even the way he does and says things. It's just that it was kind of a thumb in the eye of that big name, lifelong career politician that had spent you know, X amount of time, 20, 30, 40, in some cases, almost 50 years. A lifetime. Yeah. In Washington, literally living off of the United States citizens. And agree with me or disagree with me. I mean, that's that's um, your prerogative at this point. But that's just, I think, what people saw in him. And, I, and again, I'm not going over um, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, you know, the... Things he said on hot mics or open mics, all that stuff. That's I'm not even bringing up him and his personal, you know, life or, or anything. Because to be honest, all all that stuff was said before he. I mean, he was technically a private citizen. Yes, he was a celebrity for whatever reason, right? I never I never understood why he was a celebrity, but um, that's I guess a topic again for another show. But I just find it hard to believe. And again, beating down that door of what this whole show was supposed to be was about hypocrisy. I've always wondered, and for me, and when I say always, I really mean like these last four years, I've just wondered why and how people are okay with the mainstream media, whoever you want to be or whatever you want to call them, and, and individuals that are trying to hold or have been holding our current president to a higher standard than presidents. Ridiculous standard. To, 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 than presidents before him. Right. And what I mean by that is, I mean, we can, we, can, we can get real deep in the weeds here and really nitpick on certain things, but what I'm just saying is that they have not allowed for a peaceful transition of power as intended by our founders, as Americans. The whole purpose of voting and having four-year terms was so we wouldn't have all of the all of these problems that we have now. The whole point was for the voters and for the American people to be able to change the government when we don't like it. Yeah, and peacefully overthrow. Right, basically. And, and now that what was the big thing? The electoral college. They were like, "Oh, he didn't win the popular vote." Well, no one will win the popular vote if all you count is California and New York, right? There's a reason why our founders came up with a system and Houston. Yeah, and, well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, predominantly <laughs> I, I this, yeah. these two big locations, right? Yeah. Um, 
and it's not even all of New York. It's like specific cities in New York yeah, and specific just, cities in California, yeah. not even the whole state. It's yeah, really just a pockets. couple of little pockets that all you have to do is win those like five cities and you've won the the entire country basically. By popular vote. By popular vote. Um, so if you go by popular vote, then nobody has a say-so except for those large... Well, it was... That's why the whole electoral college... And, and I don't, I don't want to get into this, I mean, real deep and... Again, you know, deep into the weeds, like I like to say, but the electoral college was all started so that you wouldn't have mob rule, and that 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 was the basic idea behind that. Because those few pockets, those cities that we're talking about, we say few pockets, and we use the term pockets, but those cities, the population is enormous, and so you have that, and, and it's basically, we, we here, again, bringing it back down to our local level, we're like a little microcosm of those big giant cities because it's always been vote blue down here as far as I can remember and as far as I know. And and so that's what that was meant for. That was, again, that, that electoral college was meant for not mob rule or so that mob rule could not be the ruling factor and, and being able to to take a well, it was to make election. sure states had some type of sovereignty because there's no point in joining a nation. I guess we're talking go back to the original 13, right? There was no point in these states joining into a union if they were just going to be ruled over by a, a large government. The whole point was that every state was supposed to have a little bit of sovereignty and that state government controlled most of the decisions uh, for the people of that state. Yep. Okay. And that's why it's called the United States, not just America, right? Mm -hmm. It's the United States of America. Yeah. So yes, we have a common ground. That's why we're we're a constitutional republic. Uh, yes, we are a republic. But you know, some people don't understand the entire concept of that. Um, and so the hypocrisy there is: you're saying get rid of the electoral college. So why even vote? Let's just let New York vote, let California vote, whatever they say counts anyway. So the rest of us are left and to just do whatever they say. And, and, and that kind of, that's definitely not American, right? So um, it's just stuff like that, that like, I want to say I'm up the middle on certain things, but if, if topics like the electoral college define right or left and electoral college pros are on the right and, uh, and the anti EC is on the left, well then, yeah, point to the right. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what I'm saying. I was like, I, I want to say I'm right up the middle, but there's some stuff like that that it's like, it doesn't make any sense. No, I know. And, and, and I, again, I don't want to bring up too many of those hot button issues, but there are certain things too that I find myself like, I have a friend of mine who shall remain nameless. Actually, he's both of our friends. Uh, he, he is safely somewhere in the left. He's not, I'm not saying he's like, um, you know, really, we don't have anybody really in our group that's hard right or hard left. We we no. we we totally disenfranchise with anybody on either spectrum, uh, on either far yeah, side. Yeah, of the if you're on the far right and you're like freaking KKK and white power, dude, dude, that's Go trash. Away. We we are totally nothing to do with you. If you're on the hard left and you're just like burning down every building you can see because you know America belongs to to the people that were here before us. And so it should all be burnt down and given back. I'm like, okay, you need to go away too. Yeah. All right. But this individual is, he's, he's firmly planted somewhere in the left, but you talked to him about certain issues. 
Let's bring up the Second Amendment. He's on the right. He loves his guns. <laughs> he loves his guns. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's so hard, and, and that's why I don't like to use these topics. And again, I, I touched on the base of that I am um, I'm Catholic. I teach at a Catholic private school. And so I'm able to have certain liberties in my classroom when I talk with students that are based on our core values of our faith, right? And so I, I don't ever want to tell anybody or I don't want anybody to ever hear me and say that I'm, I'm pressing my opinions or anything on my students because that's not, that's not the case. Because I firmly believe that if a student ever knows my political affiliation or my political beliefs, then I'm doing my job wrong. My job is to open their little minds and have them think for themselves. Have them ask questions. Yes, have them think for themselves. If people aren't asking questions for themselves, they're not thinking. And, and the last thing we need in America is a bunch of puppets. Yes. Now, circling back to what I was saying, <laughs> is that I, I have certain liberties that I can talk about my faith and, and, and our faith at that school because that's one of our, our core things that we have. And, and again, not every student is Catholic, but we take in these students and we teach them in our faith, right? But... I have those liberties that I can talk about in classes, and so I, I, I'm able to take that, right? But the point I was trying to make is that it's, it's hard for you to, to draw yourself or paint yourself into one corner. And so the, the topic I wanted to bring up was, speaking about my class and my students and everything was, and my faith, is abortion. I'm not going to talk about the topic, but what I'm saying is that it's, it's another one of those topics. Yes, it's another one of those topics that you're either left or right, yeah. you know? And and for me, even being a devout Catholic and being pro-life, I think there is some gray area there. And I'm not going to talk about it because this is not the, sh- the, the podcast to do it. If we want that, we can talk about it. But what I'm saying is, is that life and life's choices and everything we have is not black and white. There isn't, not everything is etched in stone and we need to just be able to open up our minds, open up our ears and have that civil discourse, even if it's uncomfortable or even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you need to be able to do that because I think that's one main thing that is missing in today's society is being able to hear other people's opinions without having to instantly jump down their throat and just smack them in the face with, you're wrong, and this is the way it needs to be. I, I mean, that's how I feel anyway. I grew up Catholic too. Um, full disclosure, I have stepped away from that uh, probably right after high school. And there's a very uh, a variety of reasons for that. And uh, Eric and I have been lifelong friends. We even went to the same, um, went to the same church, church for, for a while. Um, and I did step away from all that for a while. And there, there's reasons, maybe another podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I circled back and now I'm, I don't have a denomination, right? Um, I, I still believe in God. I believe, I believe in Jesus. I believe uh, in the core foundations. And part of that has to do with growing up Catholic and, and then coming back and, and some events in life um, that brought me to the realization that there are some higher powers out there that, um, that govern us, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, and even though some people say there's gray areas, 
I still think there's fundamental truths that there is no gray area. There are rights and there is wrongs. And some things are just straight laid out. Now, the judgment on that is not for me. I'm, I'm not the one to judge that. I am, I am only a human. I am not the judge. And I am not going to say that I'm a lawyer or, or, uh, or, or some kind of major deciding factor on anybody's life. That is not for me. That's not for any human. Judging. We yeah. take care of each other's life. If we are each independently responsible for our own decisions... That's how we get to that better place. Yeah. Judging is not, judging other humans is not for us to do. And then in those fundamental plans or core beliefs or whatever it is, I also, I have to believe, right, in the will of God and his plans. But at the same time, I'm no one to question it. And I will never understand what that plan might be. And so I can't question it. But um, I think... It's just, again, one of those things that, for me, a lot of these things, when people are trying to paint themselves into a corner or label themselves with a certain group, it's, it's hard for me to take labels. And I guess labels are just hard for me to use, especially on myself and on, and on others. And I don't ever want to use, or, or I definitely don't want to judge someone and paint them into a corner that they might not be right. really in. And, and it's just, that's why I'm saying, and I, and I do like every, the Because everybody's truth is subjective. Like, our reality is based on the, the totality of our of our memories, of our decisions, of our every, lifestyle. Every interaction. Of, and, and everything that we do in our particular life, that creates our reality. So your truth might be slightly varied to somebody else's. And so the only way to truly understand somebody is to know their story. So my fundamental truth might be slightly different than somebody else's fundamental truth. And if you understand that concept and you share each personal story with each other, which means actually get to know people, the rest of it goes away. And that's, I think, where we don't take that time to actually listen to the other yeah, it's person. Not, it's not red versus blue. It's, it's me versus you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, or me taking the time to learn. Exactly. So if you want to get to know somebody, it's not about skin color. It's not about party affiliation. It's about each person's personal story. People don't, become who they are overnight. They're not born who they are. They are a summation of the events that have happened to them. And if you don't try to understand each person separately, and yes, we have commonality depending on where you come from, but if you don't try to understand each person as an individual, you'll never understand anybody. And you're, you're going to keep saying, oh, he's right, he's left, he's red, he's blue, he's black, he's brown, he's white, he's yellow. And you're going to come up with all these ways to separate people into these little boxes in your mind, and you're going to say that's right and that's wrong. And that's where, that's where the problem is. I, yeah, I think that's, that's a big thing that's happening in today's society is that 
we're trying to check off so many boxes, trying to put, we're trying to put so many labels on people and things and ideas that it really has the adverse and effect, you know, thing that we're trying to do. And, and instead of any trying to semblance of unity, it's literally total chaos. push. Yeah. It's pushing us further and further apart yeah. because we're trying to, we're trying to put everybody where they belong. Yeah. If, if I say I'm pro flag, oh, you're on the right. I hate you. If I say I'm pro anthem, oh, you're pro right. I hate you. If I say I'm pro God, oh, you're, I hate you. If I say I'm pro life, oh, you're, you're, you're sexist. I hate you. If I say I'm pro constitution, oh, you know, you're not socialist. I hate you. Uh, if I say I'm pro strong state government, oh, you don't care about the national government and you want to get rid of the electoral college. I hate you. If you say, um, I like, pre- uh, you know, pro, you know, um, peaceful transition of power. Oh, you're talking about Trump. I hate you. <laughs> you know? Uh, and one thing I, I want to bring up, like I told you, I wanted peanut butter M&Ms and you were trying to push oh, hey, on man, Reese's, bro. Reese's pieces to me. And you wouldn't even. <laughs> I hate you. Exactly. <laughs> I was, I got that text. I mean, so you'll know. But Reese's pieces are two for one right now at CVS. <laughs> and I said, no, those are trash. I'm not getting a, not getting a plug, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We're, we're I, not getting paid for I this. I love E.T. and I love Reese's pieces. <laughs> I said, I no, you. <laughs> that's trash. I wanted my, my peanut butter M&Ms. But again, it, it's just going to show the fact, or, or rather what we see in everyday life is that people are just trying to, for whatever reason, disassociate themselves with other humans and and fill that, you know, fill in a gap or whatever it is with, with labels, I feel. Yeah. And and I think it's just, it's it's a horrible thing to do because we, we as humans, and, and this, dude, there's so many reasons this can be happening. Again, this technology, you know, I keep talking about tech and, and little tiny screens in front of us. And, and a curse. Exactly. Little tiny screens in front of us. But it really does do more, in my opinion, damage than help. It it, it just drives a wedge between people. And, and I know, <laughs> again, we're both teachers, right? And so we, um, we're doing distance learning. And a, a student asked me the other day, um, I can't stay in this meet because I need to use an app. I said... What do you mean? Like, what do you need to use an app for? Well, because you told me to do vocabulary, I need to use the dictionary app. And I'm like, you have a textbook in front of you. The vocabulary terms are highlighted. On the back of the textbook. Well, not only not only are they in the back of the textbook, but I wanted them to well, not be highlighted in the paragraphs. They're highlighted in your reading. I wanted them to pull them out of the reading and said, <laughs> I said, no, you need to stay in the meet with me and uh, not use your dictionary app. I think, that, I think that's a whole other podcast, man. Cause yeah, I know. But what I'm trying to say is just that technology is just driving a further divide and wedge in between all of us. There's pros and cons. There's oh, and cons. definitely. I mean, to have the world's knowledge at your fingertips. I've been able to keep in touch with friends that I've had for years and years. Absolutely. And, and it's in, just a finger. They, they, they live miles and miles away. And You know what I think is hilarious? It's like I don't know if, next door. Yeah. I don't know if this is true for true for y'all or not, or true for you rather. But I, um, and especially my wife and my mother in law, they don't do regular phone calls anymore. They have to do the face to face. Oh yeah, my phone my calls. kids my kids look at the phone and they're like, Well, hey, hey, why why isn't Sabrina my my sister? Why why isn't Auntie Sabrina why isn't she there? Yeah, and you know? and it's funny because even um I was on a pre-recorded uh, webinar uh, for, I don't even remember what it was for, but my son, who's three, right, comes up and he comes over, you know, to my side of the screen and he starts waving to the person, hi, and I'm like, Papa, it's not, 
they're not live. It's a pre-recorded <laughs> webinar. He's just so used to us <laughs> yeah, being on Google trying, Meet, yeah, trying to interact with or them, Zoom yeah. or whatever you know to interact with these people. Blues clues over there. It's it's funny. <laughs> nobody nobody wants to make it. It was hilarious because I feel that we went through this transition because of COVID. Right now that we're doing distance learning and distance everything, that for the last fifteen years or so, it's been text message has been like a huge thing, and people didn't want to answer the phone when you would call. And now all of a sudden, no, like, he doesn't say. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, these last six months, I feel like it's just FaceTime or we are all cyborgs. <laughs> it's not embedded. It's not. It's not sewn into my skin yet. But we are cyborgs. Oh, that's right? a whole. That's a. That's one of our Elon Musk things that's, and the Neuralink and all that stuff dude, that he says. That, that guy. If I if, if, a, if a man crush is all right, you know. I'm a little offended. I thought I thought I was your man crush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll put you on number one. I'll put him in the number two slot. All right. <laughs> I can deal with that. I'm good with that. Love you, man. I love you too. <laughs> Civil discourse, guys. Keeping your minds and ears and, and everything open to other opinions around you and not automatically shutting someone down when they have a different thought than you do is, I guess, my main topic of today. Right? All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon, or hear you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.